Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Crabsworth Wins, a VA retrospective. Today is the episode that we have all been waiting for. No, I'm not talking about the deal with the devil I made where Nathan gets to make this an episode about Seth MacFarlane. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the trade-off. Wait, 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 wait. I thought this was the Miri Loves Seth MacFarlane Spectacular. That's half of it is the Miri Loves Seth MacFarlane Spectacular. But before we get there, I got to get a little something. So Ooh, you got to get a little something, something. Before I, you get a little something, something. I get you now. Yeah. So before we get into the part where that Crabworth has desperately been wanting, we're going to get into the one that I've been desperately wanting because I am a cruel-hearted witch. It's time to bring out the emotional guns. No. I am, of course, talking about Haley Joe Osment. Oh, Christ. No. Yep. (laughs) No, I'm not ready. I'm not ready for this. You are ready Ah, for it. Great. Okay. You are ready for it. Oh, God. Oh, God. I know most of you are thinking about Haley Joel Osment from, you know, his child actor days, The Sixth Sense, Artificial Intelligence, Pay It Forward, Secondhand Lines. The list goes on. But Haley Joel Osment has had a kind of iconic voice actor role. And this role has had a gigantic impact on Little Crabsworth's life. Oh, oh God, uh, oh. And it can, I I don't know. I would say that when we talk about an emotional, psychological impact on Crabsworth's you, life, if I had to narrow it down to two, it would be Robin Williams and Haley Joel Osment. You had to say Haley Joel Osment. We had to get into this today. Oh, I mean, I'll give shit. you a choice. We can do the Seth MacFarlane no, one. You, first, you already said you, like. you already said Haley Joel Osment. So yeah. let's let's get into Haley Joel Osment. So as, as but Mary I'm said, nice to you. I'm giving. I torture you. You get to torture me at the end. It's great. Uh, this is uh, <laughs> Haley Haley Joel Osment is not just torture for me though. There's, um. So hey. Any of you kids uh, watching right now, if you want to see Haley Joe Osment, I've actually just finished watching this movie a couple of days ago, but he is uh, Casey Jones and by association, my favorite Casey Jones uh, in uh, Rise of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Um, And I don't know why everybody, you know, would not want me to bring that up but Haley Joel Osment is one of those people that you don't think of for voice acting and for good reason. You know, he was much more successful as a child actor. In fact, a lot of his voiceover work that he's gotten uh, over the years, his uh, few guest spots in Family Guy, which is, I'm sure, where uh, Miri was really thinking of him from. Sure, uh, I was. You know, sure. a, bu- a bunch of the a bunch of the smaller stuff was done when he was a kid um you know he's done a couple of anime here and there you know he was uh he was in a thing called dogs in space which i have to admit i haven't seen he's also been in nba 2k19 as uh, a weird pc that i don't think i will 
or a weird NPC I don't think I will ever see again, but it's Hella Osmond, so you gotta kind of love it because they actually went out and got like one of the most irrelevant people to basketball ever, and he does such a damn good job in it. Um, but really, when you look at Haley Joel Osment's uh, career as a voiceover artist, and Miri now is sitting there with a fucking smile on her face because she knows what she did. I do know um, what I did. But I'm give you get to torture me. I, I know, I know, I know. I'm, and, and I'm getting to that. I'm getting to that for the people. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, okay. So, uh. Haley Joel Osment voices Sora from Kingdom Hearts. And if you are a fan of the series, you will know it is a hodgepodge of Disney and Square Enix. So a the most unlikely pair of individual things that are mashed together. And you know what? It works. Its storyline is so convoluted. Uh, the writing of its characters are, is questionable at best, particularly in Kingdom Hearts 3. Uh, its gameplay is just so much fun, and it has been in my life since I was around uh, 17. Uh, my cousin was like, you know, you got to try this. And I I looked at him and I said, why? It's Disney and Square Enix. He's like, that's exactly why. Um and so I, I took it under advisement, which means I took it and put it in the far reaches of my mind and then um, picked up the series in 2008. And my God, it's Disney and Square Enix and it just works. Um, but what got to me was uh, Sora. He is just full of life, full of blind optimistic light to the point where he is the biggest dumbass you will ever see in video gaming I, I swear to god um and you know Sora was Sora became one of those things that I was just like oh, okay um this is you know he, he's he's kooky he's stupid as hell um he gets every woman without meaning to get any of them because he's so bloody oblivious he's got this weird attraction to his best friend riku that because it's disney it's platonic but it is there and riku totally fucking hates it and it's 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 brilliant um especially if you want to take a laugh um in kingdom hearts 3 he has uh his female best friend kairi devolved from being a like fantastic protagonist to Sora, I want to get your pants. And uh, oh, okay, okay, okay. Bar one scene in that game, Kyrie is exactly how I would write a uh, female character that I distinctly want to flanderize and make terrible. Can I just say every you decision? You don't hear flanderize yeah. used enough in daily oh, conversation. Oh God. No. That's my only side quip. But every decision that was made from a writing perspective for Kyrie in Kingdom Hearts 3 was very bad. It, 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 it ranges from very bad to downright awful. Um, but okay. Um, so on to the reason why Haley Joel Osment always gets me emotional. 
And um, it's a story I have told Mary in confidence that she told me at some point I would have to explain to the fine people of Death Pixie. Uh, and I said, can I just explain it to producer Rob? And she said, no. Um, in 2012, um, I came down with a really bad uh, back injury. I still have no idea what caused it to this day. I deal with repetitive strain injury every day. And at times, and I find it fitting we're talking about this today, at times I could barely move. Like I had to postpone this for about 10 minutes so that I could get out of bed to record this. So this is uh, th this is actually fitting timing that we did not uh, command. But when you are in debilitating pain for sometimes hours a day, your mind turns very, 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 very dark. Um, and for me, because it persisted so often, uh, and I went to doctors, they couldn't figure out what was going on. Bar one really good one, but we'll we'll get to him a little later. Um, you know, you sink into a depression, you know, you start missing classes because you just can't get out of bed. It hurts too much to do. And, uh, you know, you spend all night in your dorm chair, uh, try to get stuff done and catch up on your readings and you can't move out of it and you spend like two, three hours just screaming in pain internally and sometimes externally too. And it causes you to think terrible thoughts about yourself. Uh, and if you are experiencing those thoughts, let me just say, uh, please seek help because if you go through it alone, you're going to likely end up in a place you don't want to be. And that's something I still struggle with to this day. But August 2012 rolls around. I can barely move. I'm inside of a uh, EB Games in Stratford and I pick up Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance. You know, I, I played the demo. I thought, okay, it's Sora, it's Riku. You know, this is good stuff. Pick it up. Um, within an hour, Sora has blatantly trusted the enemy because he sees the good inside of him. He gets himself locked into a trap um, that- I, I any... thought for a second you were going to say he got himself locked into a trunk. <laughs> oh, he's not that dumb. <laughs> um, but uh, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Kingdom Hearts rolls around where he did lock, get himself locked in a trunk. <laughs> um, so much about the character. But <laughs> sorry, but, continue. But no, no, he's he's got he's got so much, he's got so much optimism and faith in people that it just unlike most times where your dumbass detector is going off and you're just like I can't stand this. He's he's got so much earnestness about him, and it all goes back to Haley Joel Osment's portrayal of him. Um, that, you know, you're, I was, I was screaming at my 3DS, no, you fucking dumbass. Why in the hell would you do that? No, 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 no. No. Okay. You, you were briefed about this at the beginning of the game. Do not follow, do not follow the, the sleep in too deep. Otherwise you're going to be stuck in there forever. Chained to, you dumbass, you stupid dumbass. 
And then I realized something else. Um, I was yelling at this character so much that I had forgotten about my back pain for the first time in eight months. And um, I was just like, I, I even I even said, oh, you son of a bitch. Um, and, you know, that caused me to take a greater interest in the series because how the hell, how in the hell could yelling at this emotion, emotionally charged, but very, very stupid boob who wants to see the best in people who does not believe in pain or worry allow you to live vicariously enough that you can move and, you know, has have enough of an impact where you can do basic functions like eat and sleep. Um, and I grew close to the character and it's it's in no small feat, thanks to Haley Joel Osmond. And uh, he was with me ever since. Um, now, what was what was even funnier was any time that I would be like extremely stressed or worried or scared or fearful for my future here would be kingdom hearts announcements and it's it, it wasn't subtle either um i was going into uh my fourth year of university um you know pretty well scared out by wits because i i didn't know but i know it was a make or break year here comes the announcement for Kingdom Hearts 1.5, 2.5. Now, because of my back and uh, various other reasons, I took a reduced course load, so I was there a little longer. Um, I had three final exams in uh, December 2014. I'm stressed out of my wits. Oh, by the way, did you know that one day after you were done your first exam and had a week break, here's Kingdom Hearts 2.5 coming out? Um, you know, and it just it just kept happening. And I'm like, oh, my God, like this, this can't be right. I I go on further. Uh, my master's applications uh, were sent off to all of the schools I went to master's with um, Kingdom Hearts 2.8, which was a collection of Dream Drop Distance and uh, 0.2 a fragmentary passage where they lopped off the first couple hours of Kingdom Hearts 3 and gave them to you for free uh, just as a preview and that was something that I wanted for a very long time because the way for Kingdom Hearts 3 was excruciating comes to my door one day before street date the same day that I send off all of my master's applications and I'm going to be a nervous wreck um, and lastly and I, I again I told Miri this in confidence, but no, she's like, oh, you gotta share this one with the world. Um, the the biggest ones, um, 2019, uh, I was the only person in my master's class to not have a job in, or in government. And I got really down on myself because I had busted my ass uh, in my master's program. You know, I, I was, scared and I wondered what the hell would happen. Now, it was slightly different because I knew Kingdom Hearts 3 was around the corner. And, uh, you know, as I said, um, 
dark thoughts can persist, but it was one of the few times where it materialized in a plan and I still remember it to this day. Uh, for the benefit of the people, I'm not going to disclose what that plan was, but it's it's funny. Your mind will try to prevent the plan before it gives up. Like there's no other option about it. Um, and in in this case, um, my mind went to, well, what about your family? Uh, would go family would understand uh, you know the kids yes they'd be hurt but you know they never realized how much pain that cousin nathan was going through and when they did or when they do they would understand why also thank you so much to one of my little cousins for finally proving my brain right after all these years when you got back pain but that's another story um you know, and every bit of every bit of uh, device that my brain had as a defense mechanism was gone. And now here's at, at the end of the day, like all I had was Kingdom Hearts 3 and Sora. And then my mind went, well, what about Sora? And then the rest of my brain was like, yeah, well, what about him? We've been waiting for that game for six fucking years. And it's right across the street, or it's it's like a couple of weeks away. You can't check it out now. And because of the way that I ordered the game, I saved like sixty-seven bucks or sixty bucks. And my mind was like, "Well, you need to be able to, you need to be able to brag to people you're a douchebag." And what better way than this game? And you know, my my mind was like, yeah, it's stupid. It's stupid to go now. It's stupid to go now. Finally, my depression was like, okay, we'll stay to beat the game. Once we do, if nothing changes, he goes. And you know, it was it was at that point when the thoughts stopped and I got scared because I knew what my my body just did. At that time, I messaged two people I knew and I said, OK, listen, um, I don't want to tell you all the details, but just keep an eye on me after I say to you that I beat Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm going to be perfectly fine until then. Uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 came to me again a day beforehand, which was awesome because um, my cousin ordered it at the same time and hers came on release day. So I got to, because I had all my voiceover equipment, I got to say, oh, geez, uh, what's this? And hold up uh, my PS4 copy and I, I, got a, I got a message back, which was pretty well flipping the bird. You're evil. Oh, you oh, oh. oh, I am. Um, but... I was about to enter the final world of the game two days later because like this was like this felt to me like okay this is going to be my final swan song as a gamer it really is um this was the last thing i had to hang up for i get a call from my former now former manager offering me a position uh in government in waterloo was actually where i met you and the deal that my brain made was 
after I beat Kingdom Hearts, we'll reevaluate the life. And if nothing changes, I go. But now I have to prep for a move. I firmly believe that Kingdom Hearts and specifically Sora saved my life. And I, there are no words. Like, screw this, screw Haley Joel Osment's talents, and he, he is talented. The fact that he gave a character so much of a sincerity that it relates to me, and I openly profess I love him more than most people, shows his talent as a voiceover artist. And there's other things too. Um, my, like, you know, less emotional things, but the day that my PlayStation 5 gets released to be given to me from uh, Canada Post is the same day that Kingdom Hearts Melody of Memory arrives at my apartment door. Um, in 2015, I went, I got my first gig as a voiceover artist, uh, and the only thing I could really do was my impersonation of Sora. There's so many little things in my life that Kingdom Hearts was able to do and Sora was able to do that can't be quantified uh, in a traditional sense. And this is what you wanted, you cruel, cruel bitch. <laughs> um, it's very rare that like but... even I get to see you be emotional and vulnerable in a way that is exceptionally human and is the example of the best of humanity and what this big umbrella term art is for art and entertainment is for people and yeah so i i cover up the fact that <clears throat> i think it's important to share but also there's there's a human underneath that penguin suit like beautiful suit. wonderful human underneath that penguin suit who and said anything about suit i also want to say something is um i feel like you've created a very messed up version of sora yes with trevor bedford oh okay there there, there is a reason behind that. Yeah, and, uh, I th and if the big thing that um, Nathan continuously says to me when we talk about Tri the character Trevor Bedford is, why do you like him so much? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know, but I feel like he must be protected. It's like, why Why does Catherine want to protect him? Why does she yeah, want that's, to like... The, yeah, that, that, uh, for, so... Uh, Trevor Bedford uh, sounds like this. Uh, he, uh, <laughs> for those who haven't seen Dr. J's self-help, uh, he he talks like this. And it, it's it's basically a high-pitched Sora on crack is how I do the voice. Um, and <laughs> you just say that's the best description of one of your voices ever. And, um, you know, of course, the IQ is slightly smarter than Sora, um, but he's had a very messed up life, <laughs> uh, is, is, is what I will say. Um, a very, you know, unhealthy uh, parental 
figure from his mother and when she left the picture uh he, he's basically like boundless optimist boundless energy and latches on to anything that moves and he, he you know the two things that he latched on to more so than anything is Catherine and um Booker Shapira who loves Trevor and the voice actor loves Trevor and any attempts to find and say that the voice actor who plays Booker Shapiro does not love Trevor it will be met with that is a lie it's a total lie we we underneath all that apparent hatred is love pure love oh in yeah its truest form much we like the love you have for Sora no, I don't, I don't, I don't think it would go that far. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, um, but no, um, just the raw earnestness in Haley Joel Osment, um, is just so incredible to see as a voice actor because uh it makes me feel things as a person like and you know i've got nothing but respect for Haley joel osmond and i want to say thank you you have no idea what you've done um and that's that's really all i've got to say on the man And on that oh, note, actually, you know what? Never mind. Do you know he slips into the Sora inflection in like nearly all of his movies now, and it's completely by mistake, and it's oh, awesome. No. He's oh my god, his character! Oh, oh my god! It. Okay, okay, okay. So, um, I, I highly, um, urge you, urge you all to go onto YouTube and search up Haley Joel Osment accidental Sora. Because there is a compilation of every time he goes into his sore voice and his sore inflection. Uh, and it is just... <laughs> it, 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 is, it is absolutely amazing. Um, I'm going to send Miri uh, this <laughs> one right now. Oh, perfect. Uh, that, that, that he does. Um, and I hope it's the one with the annotations it's in our uh, facebook chat there but uh cool. yeah so you will be able to tell when he does it hopefully oh no this is the one with that annotation but you get it yo <laughs> yeah but it's it's yeah. <laughs> Sorry, and what he's saying is clear. Yep. Do you think I like swapping urethras? <laughs> nope, they're all bad, but I swap them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I still do it. <laughs> no. But I swap them all the same because it's my job which is actually really, really important. Unlike your job, which can be done by a Roomba. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, so I don't know if you've ever played Kingdom Hearts, but as soon as as soon as you're nope, I'm like, yeah. okay, hi Sora. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> it is true. So, on that note, because I know <sighs> this has been an emotional ride. Um, <sighs> I I think yeah, you even bitch. even more so than Robin Williams. But I said Here, we were gonna get an here's emotional the thing. episode. Um, here's the thing. Robin Williams kept me sane and saved my life that way. Haley Joel Osment, I can pinpoint the moment when he did. Uh, so that's probably why um, I still want to say my favorite voice actor of all time is Robin Williams. Robin, I love you, man. I know I haven't said that in a lot of these and Thank God we're not recording this tomorrow. Otherwise, it'd be an even more emotional wreck. But yeah. Yeah, no, and it's, um, I think this, we're talking about voice acting work in terms of a personal impact it can have on someone's life. Oh, and, yeah. and like I said, arts and entertainment in general uh, has these impacts on people's lives. And I think it's very important to, to talk about and share. However, we will not be sharing that kind of impact on my life. Well, why not? Because we got to make Crabsworth happy. And Crabsworth gets happy oh. by torturing his friends. And I happen to be the friend in the room. Oh, so man. I see we've got we got a donut going on. Crabsworth yes. is ready, ready to roll. This is, this is going to be so much fun. Yeah. So now I will let you do the introduction you wanted to do for this episode. Okay. <clears throat> I'm going to make this even worse just because you pulled the Halo Jaws on Kurt. <laughs> Sorry, I need to laugh. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. You know, when we started Crabsworth Wins, I wanted to make sure it was groin-grabbingly transcendent. And there is no person that greater exemplifies groin-grabbing transcendent uh, than this next person. And I feel unworthy um, to talk about his greatness in the presence of was clearly his number one fan. Um, I thought I loved this particular voice actor uh, way, 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 way more than anybody until I met Mary. Now, she will say otherwise. She's clearly lying. Um, but this man uh, is a classically trained Broadway singer. Um, he is a cartoonist, a creator, a visionary, and all around hell of a person. Uh, this person is the one who makes Miri's non-existent cold heart burn with the passion and heat of a thousand suns. Please welcome to the stage of Crabsworth Winds. The Mary Love Seth MacFarlane Spectacular! 
the fact you did that off the top of your head like you've been wanting this episode to happen for way too long oh god oh god way yeah. too long i had a i had a that. much i had a much more like integrity based one um but then you played halo jaws and i'm like okay you you need this you you deserve this was gonna happen and i even made sure to like do it at a time when you would get something fun to counteract <laughs> that come on yeah unlike robin williams which was like you were left out to dry after that one. Oh god <laughs> okay so no, mean mean would be if it's if we postponed the batman retrospective indefinitely to do a robin williams retrospective Oh, that would be hurtful. Mean. That would be hurtful. Yeah. Okay. But I won't do that because unlike you, I'm a nice person. Oh, bullshit. <laughs> okay, so this retrospective is going to be a bit different because uh, clearly if I gave Mary the entire floor to talk about her history with Seth MacFarlane, we'd be here all day and, you know, we're both on the clock. So, really, uh, Mary, I guess... Uh, I guess my first question to you when it comes to Seth MacFarlane is how did you first know that you fell in love with the man? You know, who can say? Who who can say? It's a gradual process, isn't it? When you when you fall in love. Or it could even be that you have mistaken seething hatred and indifference for love. And that's what it actually is, is that you you have found a nemesis that does not know you exist. And and your need for revenge against that unseen, untouched nemesis burns with the passion of a, of a thousand fiery suns. Now uh, I'm I'm glad you brought that up because what what's interesting is when you found out that it's, you know I did I did voice acting in my spare time, one of your first targets to me in 2019 was, you know, do you know of Seth MacFarlane's work? And I said, of course I do. It's Seth MacFarlane. Who does it? You no know, creator of Family Guy, American Dad, Cleveland Show. He was doing stuff on Hanna Barbera at the time uh, as well. You know, he's done. Broadway shows. He did Ted, Ted 2, A Million Ways to Die in the West, a whole ton of movies outside of the medium of animation. And he's inspired a wave of adult animated content, including, well, along with South Park, that includes such classics as, you know, Brickleberry, Drawn Together, uh, Paradise MPD, whatever the case may be. And Miri actually uh, knows of Seth MacFarlane's entire history. So why don't we take it uh, to Miri and see what she can actually bring us from the mind of Seth MacFarlane. Oh, no, nobody can go into somebody else's mind. You know that. I've been trying to mind control you for years. I, I really I could not I could not say. OK, well. In that case, uh, I think it's a good time to go into uh, the quiz here because you know we both have oh, a really fuck. we 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 both this have a awful. This we both have awful. a really um, we both have a really close 
uh, relationship with Seth MacFarlane. I'll get into mine if anybody wants, but let's be honest, we're all here for Mary. Um, so Are we I have, here? Are so we I, I have a I have a few questions here that I want Mary to answer uh, to the best of her ability. And so the first question that I have is: Is it true that uh, Mary, that's you, had a Seth had a sex dream about Seth MacFarlane two days uh, before your <laughs> wedding? You know what? It is, it is um, clearly a lie because we all know I'm not married in in the human sense of the word. I, I am married to, to various souls with which I enact my occult sexual rituals. And, so. and, a lot of, and a lot of people would say that one of the first people you soul bonded with was Seth MacFarlane then. Uh, can you please describe that experience? I can't because he has never been present for one of my occult sex rituals. So how how could I how could I talk about well, that? Well, it's it's probably like just you know the ultimate fantasy of you, which is why I have to ask. Is it though? Like is you, you it? know the the like like you said with Haley Jawsman, the the people need to know this. I mean, do they though? Oh, do I they? think they do. I I really think they do. So the smart thing would be for me to say one of my scripts is based on that encounter, uh, but I won't say which one. Okay, um, is it once, twice, three times at Christmas? Oh no, that's all original. Is it the? <laughs> is it the extractors? I, I I cannot say which character is based on real life and which is not. Is it is it Feldman? <laughs> you invented Feldman. Come on now, you can't pull that. Yeah, card. but you, yeah, but yeah, but you were the one who input inputted Feldman into the extractors. So because you wanted it, of course. If, if had, I had how many pitches had you made for Feldman to be there before I was <laughs> like, damn. Make her the villain. That's a good one. How many pitches? So many. Actually, pitches. I think the make the Feldman the villain was like pitch number one. Brad and Chad were the hard ones to get in there. I, I like. I knew that but Chad was gonna. It, does, it doesn't work without Brad and Chad. Like they have to. No, be there. no, they have. They have to be there. Uh, Sorry, much, we're going completely Much like off Mary's topic. philosophical <laughs> feelings about Seth MacFarlane. Um, so do you subscribe to the theory of McFarlaneism? And if so, can you please describe it to all of the listeners out there? I have to be perfectly frank. I, I don't know any ism outside of my own Muriism. Like it just doesn't compute for me in my, in my universe, the pocket universe I have that I, I reside in for the most part. Gotcha. Okay. So just to test your knowledge, um, can you name one of the two short films for Hanna-Barbera Seth MacFarlane made that led to the creation of Family Guy? Nope. <laughs> uh, can you take a guess? Can you take a guess? You, you're, you're assuming I know Hanna-Barbera outside of like Scooby-Doo and Josie and the Pussycats and stuff. So Hanna Barbera to do were, with those products. So Hanna Barbera, actually, one of the questions does have something to do with that. Um, but um, Hanna Barbera also did a lot of stuff for Cartoon Network in like the eighties and nineties. So you take a look at Wait, how old is he? Seth MacFarlane. Yeah. 
This is a genuine question no, now. This, 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 is, this is like really. I thought I thought you would know this. How the hell would I know that? Outside of these answers I'm giving well, you, we say, both know I haven't got a clue. You you have like, and you love Seth MacFarlane dearly. I am pleasantly surprised you don't know that he's 48 years young. Really? Yeah, he did work on um, Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo is the big one that he worked on uh, for Cartoon Network. Oh, Johnny Bravo is a fun one. So wait, wait, wait. Do you see the influence of Seth MacFarlane in Johnny Bravo? I, I love how you you seem to think that like I rewatched Johnny Bravo. I don't, so I couldn't tell you unless like it's the Elvis stuff. Sure. <laughs> Alrighty, so. Anyway, um, the two short films that that uh, led to the creation of Family Guy were uh, Life with Larry and Larry and Steve. Just so people don't know, he made those in the 90s as he was finishing up film school and immediately got a job with uh, Hanna-Barbera because of them. So without those two short films that McFarlane made himself, uh, he would have not gotten into the uh, animation business and we would have never seen Family Guy and as we all know that would rip Miri's soul from her body if I had a soul sure okay is it true that you enacted your first circus routine to buy me a rainbow uh, by Meg Griffin as sung by Tara Strong from Family Guy um, just to remind you of the song, I'm going to I'm going to put it again in our Facebook chat, just so that you can, um, I guess, relive the memories before I ask you uh, the next part of this uh, question <laughs> no! that I have. No, no, I didn't. So, so basically, no. um, this is like this is by me a rainbow, and so I, I I know how you're saying no so quickly without even like letting the memories waft in. And so that obviously, <laughs> and so that obviously means the answer is yes. No! So can you please reenact that routine? No! To buy me a rainbow on camera. But there is no routine. Uh, okay, okay, I get it, I get it. It's it's kind of a blind side. Um, will you post it onto uh, Death Pixies Vimeo when you've had the chance? No! To- <laughs> Okay. You know, you know what? Never mind. We'll go on. Um, which of the following has Family Guy never done? Okay. Oh God, like I know. So, rec- so your choices are received a lawsuit from Carol Burnett. Oh, Carol had one Burnett of their- specifically. Yes. Had one of their characters dance with Gene Kelly. Has allowed Seth Green to win an Emmy or replaced a prominent voice after season one. Is it the Carol Burnett one? No, Carol Burnett's real. Oh, okay. So it has to be the replacement one then. Uh, nope, that one's real too. What? Yeah. Which one is it? So, um, in season one, the first production cycle, uh, they had uh, Lacey Chabert from Party of Five doing the voice of Meg. I, I and... just asked, is it the voice one? Uh, like, no, that one's real. Family Guy has never, but Family Guy did that after season one. Yeah, 
and the Carol Burnett one is real. Oh, has never. That's yeah, has the, never. Uh, yes, that was, I yes, the never. Dang yes. it. Yes. So oh, well. yeah, they've done they've done Carol Burnett. They've gotten a lawsuit from Carol Burnett. What was that for? I'm so curious ba- now. So basically, um, they were protected under parody law, so they ended up winning. But they used one of Carol Burnett's characters. I think it was like the Wandering Maid or something like that. Okay. And the joke that they used that Carol Burnett found was defamation was um, Cleveland saying, you know, I heard that when she tugged her ear like that, she was saying goodnight to her mom. Then Quagmire said, I wonder what she told to say goodnight to her dad. Uh, (laughs) So now that you know uh, the question, which one is it? And now I know you know the answer. I can't remember which the options so, are, damn So it. Uh, the options are, which, again, which of the following is Family Guy never done? Received a lawsuit from Carol Burnett. So they had have. One of, have. Had one of the characters dance with Gene Kelly. I know that's happened. Has allowed Seth Green to win an Emmy. I could have sworn. Oh, mm-hmm. Seth Green! Oh yep. my God, I missed the last name. Yep. So, uh, you, so let the uh, record show she does know something about Family Guy. Um, can you please tell us a little bit about Stewie dancing with Gene Kelly and how much you love it? Um, I so the the original scene is actually it's uh, so they replaced um, the original. Uh, which mouse was it? It was Jerry. Jerry, thank you. Because it was originally supposed to be Mickey Mouse, but they said no, so it was Jerry. Um, very revolutionary scene for the time because you yep. had a, a live action person dancing with a hand-drawn animation um, uh, put in. And so then what Family Guy did was they swapped out Jerry with Stewie. Yep. And that was how they got that to happen. Um, this is where you start to see an inkling of where I'm a bit of a nerd because I'm just like the the technology of the time, the, the how it's magical. I freaking miss how dance used to be shot, um, which was in a uh, head to foot full body shot. And they would actually move the camera with the dancer so you could actually see the whole scene. Uh, so that's actually something that like I was okay with that revival because I'm like it was such a revolutionary scene uh, kind of the same way uh, Fred Astaire in Easter Parade did a dancing in the room scene um, and that was actually a room that was in a barrel and they were turning it as he was dancing and you kind of saw that that was a throwback in a scene many scenes for Inception uh, and then Billie Eilish did something very similar in a performance on SNL as well. Yeah, so now you get to see me be a slight yeah. nerd. <laughs> so what you don't know about that is uh, the animation director animated that entire thing himself. It took him two months. And the reason that he did it was because uh, it was his final project with Family Guy. He wanted to go out on a high note and he got drunk in front of Seth MacFarlane, which is something you should never ever do. Um, because uh, he said to him, shout out to Dan Pavemeyer, the creator of Phineas Burp. He said to Seth MacFarlane, I bet I could make Stewie dance with Gene Kelly. 
and Seth, being a person who can hold his liquor, held Dan to that. I got to see that's I have to admire the fact that the dude was able to do it by himself. Yeah, in it, I would have thought it would have taken longer than two months, but you know, it was it was it was a very long time. (laughs) I I wonder what his hands looked like at the end of that. Oh yeah, it was it was not it was not fun. Like old dead hat. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. Um, have you heard of the album Family Guy Live in Las Vegas? I have not. Is it true that you have bought 50 copies of set album and sent them to different corners of the world? Um, no, because I've never heard of it. But also, I have to admit that totally sounds like something I would do, though. <laughs> like, I'm not going to lie. Just send random albums to random addresses all over the world. Okay, so um, I don't know if you've ever seen the 2013 Emmy show. This is just going to delve away from animation for a quick second uh, to talk about uh, the time that Seth MacFarlane hosted the Emmys. I'm not sure how how much you know you watched the Emmys or the. I'm not sure if it was the Emmys or the Oscars, but he sang this wonderful song that was that led was in by Oscars. William Shatner. It was the Oscars. No, so wait, you wait, do wait. know Seth MacFarlane. Shoot, no, wait, what was the song? We saw your boobs. Yeah. We saw your boobs. Yeah, that was the Oscars. No. I, it was a good way to point out, like... In the movie that we saw, we saw your boobs. Yeah. It... I think it would have played better if it had been a, a woman singing it. Sorry, because I had to talk about this for like a long time, this exact issue, because there was controversy over was it like out of line or was it funny? And I was like, it is funny. It's lampooning the fact that like men can stay fully clothed, um, but women at some point have to go naked. To, to get it. You have to go through your phase of being naked on film and then you get taken seriously. Except uh, Jennifer Lawrence for some reason. Well, it started changing. Yeah. Uh, not surprisingly but after we that haven't song. haven't seen Jennifer Lawrence's boobs at all. Um, I mean, but she, the, uh, what was it? Sparrow. Red Sparrow? That Russian spy movie, Jennifer Lawrence does. uh... How dare they make that song not true? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know what? I wouldn't put it past Jennifer Lawrence to be like, I'm going to make this song not true now. (laughs) Jade Blue and Kay Winslet in Heavenly Creatures and Jude and Irish. (laughs) But yeah, it's uh... and children and little reader and whatever you're shooting right now. We saw your boobs. We. Do you remember the name of the choir that Seth MacFarlane conducted? No, I was just going to say the reason why I think it would have played better if a woman had done it is because it would have come off as more of a critique. But other than that, I was like, I don't really have a problem with the song because it was funny. It was lighthearted. Um, and it's clear it was lampooning a real thing. That's still to, to it's not gone away. It certainly has not gone away. Anyway, there you go. No, I do not know the choir. Okay, uh, the choir is the gay men's chorus of Los Angeles, which made it even funnier because I, I, 
and I, I challenge you to watch this over again. Look in the uh, right-hand corner of it as the choir is singing. We saw your boobs. 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 We saw your boobs. I don't know how much. Um, I don't know how much prep time they had, but you can see um, that a bunch of them are just like okay, keep together. Boobs. 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 We saw. Yeah. So. That's funny. So, uh, yeah, in, in any case, um, is it true that you once petitioned Seth MacFarlane to release a cologne called The Scent of Seth? <laughs> oh, hell no. <laughs> That's hilarious. But um, I actually now want a cologne called The Scent of Seth sent out, but with no celebrity backing. So you don't know which Seth it is. It could be a famous Seth. It could be that Seth down the street who sits at the gas station being complete and utter total Southern Ontario trash. You don't know. Exactly, exactly. But now yours has to be Seth MacFarlane because you gave the idea. Does it though? Oh, my oh, God. My oh yes, it does. My cat. Okay, so finally, the question that uh, you wanted. Um, what is the show that Seth MacFarlane wanted to revive? It actually got into pre-production, but production had to stop on it. That was a revival of which uh, Hanna-Barbera, classic Hanna-Barbera property? Take, uh, I'd take have a guess. To just start li- randomly listing them off. Just, just take That's, a guess. I, I Josie and the Pussycats. I don't know. Nope. It, it's, it's honestly the most famous one. Scooby Doo. Okay, maybe the second most famous one. Well, that doesn't help me at all now. <laughs> okay, so the Flintstones, the Jetsons, Heathcliff, or Scooby Doo. Which one is it? The Flintstones? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> that was stab in the dark. <laughs> yep. Uh, but he was, uh, he had created it. It gotten into uh, pre-development. He was going to voice Barney Rubble. And unfortunately, what happens in showbiz, even with Seth MacFarlane, is um, he did not get it off the ground. Uh, needless to say, you know, we, we've touched on Seth MacFarlane here. Obviously, Mary loves him to the moon and back, and you can see that on her face right now. I, I've never seen you glow this much during a podcast. I, 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 so I will hot. say it right it's now. The, it's the um, mist. Yes. It, I yes. have a glisten. I have a glisten um, right now. So who are your... You know what? Like, before we end this off, because this has been so much fun for me, um, who are your top five creative influences in animation? And why is number one Seth MacFarlane? Not even close. Oh, God. Not, so it actually is moments in animation. And I can tell you the number one moment in animation, if you want to know. Is it is it the eight crits of Epic Act from Mart all on Peter's tab? No, whoever um, goes the longest without puking gets the last piece of pie in the fridge. No, it's is it uh, the FCC song? It's the original movie version of Watership Down, the mm. opening introduction animation sequence. Nice. 
I love that you're the first person where I say that to and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, good. Yeah, and that that would be the, the number one if we want to be honest here. Uh, Look, I may not like Family Guy. I can admit I don't like Family Guy. However, I... I've learned some things about Seth MacFarlane today and through conversations with you. He has a good work ethic. He knows what he's doing. He's funny. He's very talented. I do enjoy the the mouse he played in Sing. I can't remember so, the name of the mouse. So that is your that is your favorite character, Mike, the mouse that he's ever played? Yes. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I thought for sure this it would have been Sandsmith. This is an utter unredeemable slime ball, and I, I feel that it, like, suits the, uh... It, it just, there's so much that it's suits. Unredeemable slime ball who can sing Sinatra! Yeah, this is true. All right, I'm gonna let you do the final words. Okay. So, uh, if there's one thing that we have learned from this whole experience, it's that Miri loves Seth MacFarlane. Mary oh my God, that is not what we learned Mary today. It is not what we, we learned how to make you an emotional with, mess. That's what we learned today. Through, through his talent, wit, unmistakable singing ability, drive to succeed in the business, and overall how much he has affected Mary, you know, down there. We we show nothing but respect for Seth MacFarlane on this podcast. Otherwise, Miri would kill us. <clears throat> I will now read a poem which Miri has definitely prepared. Oh, Seth, my one, my true, my only. Won't you come from won't you come from San Francisco to ride my pony? It's, it's hilarious you say ride my pony because before we came in to record, I was listening to Pony by Genuine. <laughs> oh, oh, Seth, your talent, your fame, your must. What I wouldn't give to get on that bus. <laughs> uh, how... How, how I love Seth, whether it be talent or luck, or the size of his penis, after I give him a good fuck. <laughs> Seth, I love you. Me, Mary. Mary, 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 I love you, Seth. I want to get on you and ride you like a hurricane. Here I am. Take me. Take me now. And if there is, I was also listening to Rocky. Like and if there is anything, and I and I and I stress, <laughs> no, you're taking this rather well. Because it's so funny. <laughs> I'm sorry. So when, when you want to troll someone, you go all out, and I I have nothing but respect for that. Yeah. 
So anyway, um, in all seriousness though, whether you love Seth MacFarlane's animated properties or you hate them, you have to admit he is one talented SOB. And um, as we have shown here today, uh, he is the one person who can truly warm the heart of the witch. Double bubble toil and trouble, cauldrons burn. I know it's fire burning cauldrons bubble, but trust me, when it comes to Seth, whoo boy, does his <laughs> does her cauldron ever burn for him? Uh, thank you so thank you so much for listening to Crabsworth Wins. I would like to call this the Street Justice version street because you justice. had to yes. You played the Haley Joel Osment card, the one card I was like, do we? Do you have to? You, you don't have to. And Seth MacFarlane, FTW. That's, yeah. You wouldn't have got the poem if you hadn't. If I hadn't done it? Yeah. But it had to be done. Uh, the people demand. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. The people also demanded uh, your poem. So really, if that's the last word, we can... We can end this right now. If you want to say more about Seth MacFarlane, be my guest. Be my guest, be my guest. <laughs> anyway, uh, look, I think what today's episode proves is, at least my half, is that you cannot like the, the art, but respect the artist. And you know, you just as you can like the art, not like the artist, you absolutely can do that. It doesn't necessarily negate uh, the person or the product, depending on which way you're going. So there you go. Maybe go both ways. Who knows? Who am I to judge? Like a bisexual. <laughs> Thank you, Ted. That was the joke. Like a bouse. Um, <laughs> anyway. Uh, thank you for joining us. I don't know if Nathan has any final words on the first half of of this. Uh, I've already said everything I need to about uh, Hale Joel and what Sora's done for me. I'm giving you um, a chance to like cuss me out. No, I'm I'm not going to do that. I've got I got out all of my anger in the Miri Love Seth MacFarlane <laughs> spectacular. And if you guys want to see more of the Miri Love Seth MacFarlane spectacular. Uh, please let us know on all of our social media platforms. Hell, go to Final Cut and say, hey, can you get Nathan to make more of those Miri loves Seth MacFarlane spectaculars? You know, if you, I just thought of the cruelest thing you could do. What? The Because I don't, I don't, I, like I have social anxiety, which I've been working on over the last few years. Anyway, yeah. part of my wonderful eccentricity anxiety stuff that I have. Anyway, worst thing you could do is be like, I need you to come on Final Cut uh, because so-and-so's gone and we need help interviewing this person. They're a VA. Don't worry. I'll take the late. And then Emmy coming in at Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> That's the worst thing you could do. Because <laughs> I'd be oh. like, oh God, no. No, I've already asked for Seth MacFarlane if we can get him. And no, well, that just changes everything. Um, I I wasn't going to subject you to that, but since you want to, oh no, oh no! You brought this on yourself. As as long as you don't tell the people to tweet. Oh no! 
No, no, no. <laughs> Make sure all of you um, follow Seth McFarlane on Facebook and ask. What? I d- tweet. Tweet your Twitter. Um, get on tweet the YouTube. Tweet your Twitter. Uh, go on the YouTube. Get on the TikToks. The Tiki Tiki TikToks. Get a whole viral marketing campaign happening. <laughs> uh, hashtag let Miri interview McFarlane. I can't. Yeah. I cannot believe you right now. Ah, oh, I can, and it's brilliant. Alrighty, folks. Thank you so much for listening and inviting us in. All That's right. all I gotta say. Bye bye. Say bye bye. Do we love Seth? Oh, for fuck's sake!